And now, another look into the mind of Gordon Monson. I know, we're all terrified. Let's just try to get through this together. This is Gordon's List on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Previously on Gordon's List. Food is fuel. I'm a cheese fanatic, but I'm not a connoisseur. I got a thing for chocolate donuts. This is junk food. I got the Thanksgiving. I got the classic, and I got the Rickster. And I ordered cherry pie. I've seen parents who, let's just say, they hadn't always pushed away from the buffet table. It's a big show. It's time for Gordon's List, brought to you by our friends each and every week at Tim Daly Nissan Southtown. All right, Gordon. Let's get to it. All right, let's start with the Utah Jazz going up against the Warriors tonight at over at Vivint. You know, Jake, what seemed like a force that would last for, what, five to ten years, far past Kevin Durant, is in a bit of a lull right now. I guess, like the Terminator, they will be Bach. Or will they? Do you think when Clay and Steph are healthy, ready to go, that the team is going to be formidable again? Or do you think this lull will cost them sort of the competitive momentum that they had built over time? Um, I think they'll be back, not in the in the same with the same dominance that mm-hmm. they were were before. I mean, Kevin Durant during his prime is a is a pretty generational type talent. Is Steph Curry same thing? And uh, but here's the thing: they've played a ton of games. The past five years, Gordon, a ton of a ton of games. And so if they use this as kind of a reset year where they get everybody back and healthy, they add a good draft pick because they're going to get one because they're really bad. Uh, it, you know, throw because they, they're hard capped out, so they don't have a lot of room to maneuver, right? And that's really what set them up to begin with. Remember, because Steph had that low paying right. deal, essentially. And so that enabled them to gather well, then the, the t- and the TV money hit. Remember, so the yeah, the cap right. jumped by fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a, a true once in a lifetime opportunity that Golden State could even get Kevin Durant, and so now they're capped out. So the easiest way to add players when you're capped out is certainly through the draft. So and like you said, they're going to be right there. They're, the they're going to be right there, and so now they have to figure out if D'Angelo Russell is a part of the long term. Uh, uh, picture because that's the other asset they have, and if they decide that he's not, then you you move him for what you know you can get as a good piece, and then hopefully next year you're looking at your big three again, uh, a nice young player, and either D'Angelo Russell or what you could parlay that into, and that that's that's certainly a playoff team. Do you think Draymond Green is a long term part of uh, of the plan? I. Uh, yeah, and let me let me look up his salary uh, real quick and see. You know, obviously he's where under, he's, at. he's got a good contract, but uh, but you know, I mean, sometimes guys get traded. Uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, I see. He's what made them unique in the first place. Maybe not what made them legendary, right? right. But he made them unique. He was that guy that sort of filled in around the edges uh, of the stars, the, the offensive stars that they had. So his big deal kicks in. Really, next year, twenty. He's making uh, twenty-two two, then twenty-four after that, twenty-five-eight after that, mm-hmm. and finally a player option for twenty-seven-five in two thousand twenty-three, two thousand twenty-four. So let me put it this way: he better be a part of their long-term <laughs> solution because if he's not, 
that could be trouble for them because that eventually is not going to be a real easy contract to move off no, of. No, probably not. It probably still is. But I, I don't know. It just depends on if you like uh, what he brings to a team and his attitude he's, and all he's that just, other stuff. He's never going to be a number one. Right. Right. He, he just is, is never going to be the best player on a playoff team. But if he's your, in this case, fourth be- or third or fourth best player on a playoff team, then you're you're looking pretty good. Well, he's number one in his own mind. Well, yeah, and he, but he's also an edge player, which he's you you need a player or two like that on on your playoff teams, right? Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I think back to some of the great teams through the years. They have kind of a guy like that. So, uh, oh, by the way, do you think the, re- the, 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 the reason the NBA is so interesting this year is because of their demise? Right. Because I mean, there's not a big roadblock that, yeah. that you can't get past. And it's kind of like, oh, uh, why even bother? You know, the Warriors are there. Why even try? <laughs> you know, now everyone's scrambling. So it makes it more fun. Are you ready for, for my analogy? I yeah. I read this uh, fictional book about the uh, drug cartels. In fact, it's a it's three different books, but the 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 last one is call actually called the the cartel, and basically the 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 head of everything has been removed. Right? He was uh, he was killed. So then and it's somebody all, has to fill in. It's right? all about like the scramble, growing a new head. It's all about the scramble to fill the top, fill the void. Right? And oh. I, that's what we're seeing in the Western Conference. Like like. <laughs> The big dog is gone. Wait, wait. Did you just compare the NBA to a, a drug fi- cartel? A fictional book. Yes, yes, I did. But we're seeing the scramble to fill the void. Look at all these. Look at all these NBA franchises, the Jazz included, who made big time moves because the opportunity is now. So, if the Jazz now are able to make their way to the top, would that make them the Pablo Escobar? Or whoever replaced Pablo, probably yeah. more accurate. I lose track of them all. But uh, who was the guy after Pablo? No, I don't. Uh, okay. I'm not. All right. Uh, the Utes in Arizona, you mentioned. Let me ask you this one question. If Utah loses, would it be the worst loss in the history of the program? Yes. Ooh. Given the fact of the timing of it and the opportunity that is there. And what's there, yes. And, I think and you, the fact that Arizona has lost five straight games. The answer would be yes. Absolutely. It would be the worst loss in the history of the program. Yep. Yeah. Well, he's looking for number seven. Although that, you know what, that Colorado loss with the division yes. on the line yeah. when they first got but, into the Pac-12. But not as much, although that would have been a nice statement to make, get into the championship game your first year in. And that was Colorado's first win outside <laughs> of the state in like four years or something ridiculous. <laughs> BYU at UMass, uh, is anyone buying the game? I can't imagine. I mean... Are you really going to – okay. What did we say it was, 20 30 bucks, 29 29 bucks, something I like that? I think huh? the BYU release said $29. But so so here's the thing. Think about normal stuff that you buy on a on a pay-per-view, like a big boxing event or something like that. Don't you – Knock out in the first 20 minutes? Don't you? If 20 you're gonna, seconds? If you're going to do that and, and shell out that money, don't you usually, like, get everybody together, you know, make make a big deal out of it? Because you got to pay for it, so you might as well, like – you know, Take one a person buck from everybody, right? One person on the block gets it, and then everybody gets together, or something like that. Are Are you going to get everybody together for a game against UMass? Is uh, that Is that really worth? I I can't imagine that they're selling very many. I I don't know. You know, BYU fans are fairly loyal, but uh, if it were a different opponent, if they were playing Boston College, different story. Yeah. 
but they're favored the by God's really not good either. But they're favored by forty. <laughs> is that what it is? It's something like that. Usually, when it gets it that high, don't they take it off the board? Uh, let's see. That's crazy. That is crazy. Well, UMass is is definitely the worst team. In, yeah. in Division One. So, here. Gordon, uh, why the stall for me, would you, as I bring this up? Uh, let's see. You're minus 40 exactly, BYU favorite. I can't. I, that's uh, that's unbelievable. How in the world are you supposed to figure that? You know, it it comes down to how much. That, when, you, when you're winning by that much, doesn't it come down to the mercy of the head coach? So where would you bet? <laughs> uh, well, I'd probably bet the over. Well, the over/under is something else. I mean, you, I mean, you, you know would what take I mean. uh, BYU I'm not a minus gambler. forty. Yes, I would take the Cougars. I think so. UMass is horrible. They are terrible, and I don't. <laughs> forty are, is so high. These college kids. I don't like to make fun of college kids. I mean, it's not the kids' fault. They can be only as good as they are. But the over/under is sixty-nine. Hmm. Uh. Yeah. I probably well, that's a lot. I yeah, mean, and BYU's defense hasn't been terrific, but realistically, how many points do you expect them to give up to UMass? Well, let's see. UMass put about twenty on Liberty, right? So I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Boise State at Utah State. That's a that's a good game. I I'm concerned about the quarterback position for the Aggies. Uh, is there an update on? Uh, I haven't. I mean, there's not going to be an update, but. I mean, you heard Hanson and Scotty and Coach Mack talking about it a little bit in Football Friday today. They, they it did not sound they did not sound optimistic. Let me mm. put it that way. Well, err on the side of caution. Although that's a big game for the Aggies and the Broncos. The Broncos are still ranked twentieth, I think. I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, they're there. Uh, BYU beat both of those teams, but Boise State, a quality program, got a lot of respect for what they do up there. All right, uh, Jake uh, Miles Garrett who swung the helmet, was suspended, appealed. The suspension was upheld. Uh, Garrett said uh, Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, used a racist slur. You know, I think in some ways when something like that gets tossed out there, that Rudolph will end up paying a heftier price than Garrett. Because... Garrett is going to – he's suspended, and then he's going to be back, right? I have no idea whether uh, Rudolph said what uh, what Garrett said he said. Uh, and, but there was no evidence. The NFL looked into it. So how would you like to be accused of something like that and have it not be true? That's terrible. And and if it is not true, you know. So he's got to carry that that suspicion – that people, some people will have. I think some people will just flat out dismiss it and not worry about it. But some people might wonder a little bit. Did what did you did you say something? Uh, it's it's just terrible. And and I don't know. I I hate the whole situation because you would like to think that 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 card would not be played. But if somebody's desperate to justify their actions, who knows? Well, remember uh, our very good friend Britton. Yeah, got accused Had the of same something thing like happen that. To him. And later, didn't the guy come out and say, "I made it up"? Yeah, the later it knocked Jai, I believe was who it was. That's the, one of the things that bothers me about this. There's a lot that bothers me about it, but uh, one of the things is that there's no real defense. 
There's no defense for it. Other than saying How, I you didn't can't do it. prove something wasn't said. You really can't. I mean, if especially they didn't catch it on video or nobody's mic'd up or, or whatever. Huh. Anyway, do you have any other thoughts on that? We really haven't talked about that very much, but uh, I found it interesting that Garrett said, well, he thought the the talk with the league was private and that it wouldn't go public and all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, it's going to go public. No, what, what, if, if the NFL bought what he was saying and reduced his suspension, wouldn't everybody ask, well, why'd you do that? Yeah. Yeah, I think people would. So, I I don't don't know. know. I just, that's, he says he heard what he heard, but there's no proof of it. So, oh, by the way, Colin Kaepernick, he might hold a second tryout during the NFL meetings in Palm Beach, Florida in March. And along with uh, those those meetings there, have it nearby where owners and GMs and the power brokers in the NFL can come watch him play. Is this turning? I mean, is this getting to the point of of being hitting the tipping point of complete uh, absurdity? Oh, we passed we passed that line a long time ago. Are you kidding? Do you want to get? We can get into this a little bit more on the on the other side, but. But yeah, how this is all happening is from both sides of things. Well, his is, first his first tryout, whatever workout, whatever it was was it, you know it was on a Saturday in the middle of the season. How, who's going to go to that? Well, and they they tried to force him to sign a, a paper that said he would not sue them. That was the whole I, point of the workout. Uh, it, it, I just I don't. I, I mean, it, it, I, I really have a problem if if NFL teams are are colluding and shutting him out. Uh, but but these things could be if he's really good enough to play. I think there would be a way to solve some of the problems. And you've already made some suggestions that I thought were pretty good. Well, we can get into that later. Did you see that the that the league is considering a rule change for onside kicks? What are they considering now? Well, they had previously looked at it, but it, it didn't get much traction. But they are looking at it still, or planning to, where a team in the fourth quarter, after a score, could take the ball on its own 35-yard line on a fourth and 15 single play and sort of wing it. And if they picked up the first down, they retain possession. If not, the other team takes over there. Now, one of the reasons that people are talking about this is because the onside kick has gotten to the point where it's six or seven percent of the time where it's successful. I know so but people the, are looking for ways to add excitement. See, I don't. I, you can only do it once, though. I'm fine with six or seven percent. That's kind of what it should be. Didn't it used to be like thirteen or fifteen percent or something? I don't know, but it shouldn't be high. It should be low. It's a an onside kick is a desperation move, and that's what it should be. Well, so do you don't think this is desperate enough? Right. Because you think it'd be easier to pick up don't you uh, uh, fifteen yards on a fourth and fifteen than it would be. I don't. Yeah, I imagine the statistics. I don't know. We probably could look that up, but I don't know what the that's conversion be. rate is on fourth and fifteen. It's got to be higher than. I mean, uh, but that's the point. They're trying to add a little because I know that's the because point. But the I don't onside think it, kick has turned into this sort of okay. It never works. It. I. I think. Do we need to add 
more flukishness into a win or a loss. I mean, you know, an outside kick, it should be desperate. The percentage should be low because if you're trying one, you've basically lost. But uh, yeah, but okay. But even if you recover an onside kick, doesn't mean you're going to win. No, it does not. You still got a lot of work to do. But think of everything. so that you take the six percent, and then on top of that, whatever the percentage would be that you score from there. I, I mean, it's pretty low. Should be low. Uh, the question is how low? How low should they go? I'm comfortable with how it is now. Austin, what do you think? Jake is uh, kind of a traditionalist. He's in this sense. He, he doesn't want to mess anything up. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that's a decent idea? I, I think that kicking should be removed from football altogether in any facet, shape, or form. I, I've and been on the record of saying that for a couple years now. So as as I've and so I've, what should and it be I've, that Austin? I've often like a, said that if you're going to take the kicking out of the game, then you have to you can't call it football anymore. You have to be call called that ball. anyway. Yeah. Well, I want to know what Austin's solution would be, like a fist fight for the ball? Yep. <laughs> yep. Two guys go down in a pit, one pipe, one guy leaves, the other doesn't. Wasn't there a league that had the ball at the 50-yard line and it was ex- a mad scramble XFL, for the ball? yeah. That seems a little bit drastic. That no, I, I think I think that you get one time in, in, in a game where you go for two, but you designate this as if we get two – then uh, this is going to be the one time that we also get the ball back at the opposite 25. So no no more extra points. You go for two every time, but you get one time a game where you say, this is the one where if we get it, we also get the ball at the 25. And you have to start from like the 10 instead of the 5 or whatever. Now you're rearranging the furniture all over the place. So. I like the fist fight idea better. <laughs> Well, I told you, every time I go to a hockey game, when a fight breaks out, everyone stands up and starts cheering. And? So, I mean, that does that, happen. That might... Are you looking for confirmation? Or no, you... no, I'm just that saying doesn't that happen, if, Gordon. If you, if you had a fist fight, then people would probably stand up and cheer. They probably would. That's probably true. Any other rule changes you would make? Uh, no, I don't think so. Let, uh, get rid of replay altogether. I remember one time. Well, it just drags on and on. Oh, it and makes on. it makes it just borderline unwatchable. I just hate it. I'd rather have the mistakes than the replay. One time we were talking about rule changes, and I suggested that in baseball, uh, and you'll appreciate this, Jake, because you used to be a kickballer, right? You oh used yeah, to, you used to uh, play used to kick the ball around, and uh, <laughs> that's sort of a fun game. I, I've been playing that since I was a kid. Oh, it's incredible. They have leagues now. You should go play. Yeah? What was, how long ago since you uh, played? Uh, it's been probably five or six years. since. Okay, I so I thought it would be a good idea in baseball to have the rule, uh, the same rule as in kickball, where you can throw the ball at the base runner <laughs> to get it out. Okay. That, that, don't no. you think that? <laughs> that's assault. <laughs> At least the pitcher is 66 feet away when he does that. I don't know. Yeah, but you got your batting helmet on. You Looking know, to you turn get... two. Oh, point blank to the nose. He's out. He's out. He's out cold as well. But uh, Can you think of any rule changes you would make in professional sports? In professional I've told you this. Uh, no, like you can't call a foul if it's in the lane. Like anything goes in the lane. Why? Why would you do that? Now you're going to have people, you know, sent flying if you step into the paint. Because then the think of the value of a real enforcer. <laughs> Let's see who would who would be best suited for a think role of like like, that? like Stephen Adams would be the MVP <laughs> of the league. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. I mean, you you might have some tragedies going on if you did that. Be a whole new sport. <laughs> It's like the, Billy the Whopper Paltz, maybe, would <laughs> I mean, uh, would be an MVP. Who anything else? goes. Who, who were the biggest hombres like that that would just uh, clear the paint out? <laughs> Bill Lambeer? Bill Lambeer. Bill Lambeer would do it so that it hurt more than just falling down. He'd, uh, you know, crack your knees open or something. See, you have to have a real enforcer on every team. <laughs> we used to play a game called Animal Ball. When I was a kid, and you could foul to your heart's content, which, which I'm telling you, when you're, there's not a whole lot of room we for being too cocky. We called that church ball in my neighborhood. When, <laughs> when you're driving to the lane or driving toward the basket, and you're thinking you're all cool, one forearm shiver, and you're not so cool anymore, and you're spitting your teeth out. <laughs> okay. No fouls in the lane. No fouls in the lane. Well, then you, with the money that's in the NBA, man, I'd start uh, I'd sign football players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I would say if a team gets up by 20 in the NBA, you can no longer open your hands. You have to play with closed fists. You have to dribble the ball, pass the ball, shoot the ball with closed fists. Well, that, that, how do you shoot with a closed fist? You don't, and then we have close games every night. I do like the idea, like uh, in the, you've got the mercy rule in high school football. I like that idea across. What, the board. what is it? What is it now, Austin? If you're if you're up, it's like up thirty five in the fourth quarter. Is it at least? Sure, five? let's I can't make it that. Where it was, uh, but then they just don't stop the clock. Oh, it just rolls. The clock okay. just runs and runs. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, coming up next, uh, Gordon, a friend of mine is going to jump on the show. Uh, the Utah sports community lost somebody this week, uh, Wat Masaka, uh, who's a native of Ogden. Um, in fact, we'll get into his story around the corner, but uh, a good friend of mine has been kind of uh, working behind the scenes to get uh, his number, his jersey retired and, and to honor him, and we want to keep kind of the momentum of that going uh, and uh, we'll talk to my friend Max Chang coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. Uh, Howard Beck, top four o'clock hour. Jordan Pendleton at 4.30. Uh, and then uh, our friend Greg Hansen is going to join us at 5.30. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 12.80 of the zone.